This is a True Foundations podcast. Real time, real life, real answers. We've been looking at Romans chapter 8. Now, Romans chapter 8, uh, we could spend weeks and weeks on it, but we're not doing that. We're doing the short series. And today, I'm going to read the final section from verse 28. I'm not going to deal with everything in depth at all. Uh, that's perhaps for another time in the future. But I'd like to just bring some um, overview and maybe some uh, a summary and maybe some points that I think would be of significance for us at this time to be thinking about. So here we go. I'll read the whole section. And it's verse 28 that says, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He is also at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or anguish or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, because of you we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. Now in all these things we are more than victorious through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What an encouraging passage that is. Let's remember our setting, the context that we are addressing. Uh, we've been thinking about... Uh, the suffering of the world, the groaning of creation we examined, and the idea that as followers of Jesus, we identify with the suffering of the world. Now, what I want to say firstly is this, that not all of life is suffering. This is not a pessimistic view of life at all. Uh, it is realistic. It has hope. It is actually extremely positive for those who are in Christ. But we have to face the difficulty of the reality. And so as much as we are not saying that all of life is suffering, there is a great sense in which believers must identify with the suffering of the world. We know it means something different uh, for us as against the unbeliever, but nevertheless, uh, the suffering there, um, the identification is very, very significant for us. Now, I need to just 
uh, address an issue uh, that is very, very widespread. It's this whole issue of the famous verse, let me read it again. We know that all things work together for good. The good of those who love God. Now there it is, that scripture, it's true, of course it is. We must rest upon that. But often what is said is this, it's something like this, you've heard it, maybe you've even said it. So a Christian, they lose their job. This is just an example. And some friend comes alongside seeking to encourage them, nothing wrong with that. And they'll say something like this. Well, don't be, don't be concerned about that because God has got a better job for you. Now, I think that might not be true. Maybe there is a better job, but maybe you never work again. It's just reality. And I think what is happening here, it's called proof texting. It's pulling out of a nice idea uh, that will make life easier and better in the now. When in fact, the passage actually addresses something else. And it, the, what it is addressing is the context that we're speaking about. It's all about God's purposes regarding the battle of good over evil. God will triumph. We know that. We've gone into that at much depth. And simply what Paul is showing to us is that in the course of this life, however it goes, whether there are things that come against us, hurt us, things that rob us of perhaps uh, maybe our financial security or health, difficulties, persecution, whatever it might be, if these things come against us, that is not the big picture. The big picture is this, that God has called us to himself. And he is the sovereign Lord. We are part of his purpose in the overcoming of evil in which good triumphs. And so it lifts us from the place of time and maybe the difficulty of now into a place of eternity where the goodness of God is shown uncompromised forever. I think that is a very, very strong and positive message that Paul is sharing with us. So keep that in mind as we are going through a, a time which for some is actually very difficult at the moment. And things might change for them in the future, not necessarily uh, for what seems to be the better. Nevertheless, God is for us all. Now, of course, we've got this, uh, this contentious word uh, that Paul uses, predestination, and some people would rather it wasn't there. And just simply, what we need to understand, again, let's look at this over, overriding big picture of the sovereignty of God, uh, the, the conquest of good over evil, where victory is at hand through the work of Jesus on the cross. And it's simply God including his people in his purposes and making sure that they don't slip through the net. That somehow 
right, they will in the end be in that place of salvation uh, which is secure and irreversible. That is an encouraging thing, I think. It is not harsh. It's not really difficult. I think the difficulty comes when we try and wrestle with the words and make them to be some kind of dogma, when really Paul is showing the way God works in this world, and especially the way that he works with his own people that he cares about so much. So let's keep that in focus as we continue on. What then are we to say? about these things. If God is for us, who can be against us? I have no doubt that the majority of people that are listening today will have experienced that sometimes in life, people are against you. Circumstances are against you. And sometimes you might even feel that the evil one uh, through his uh, world of darkness and powers. It's against you. And in a sense, they are. But the higher reality is that God is for us. And if measured against that, who can be against us? What a wonderful thing. How encouraging it is to know that even in great difficulty in times when it is difficult to understand why is this happening why why am i finding myself in this situation why does it seem as if uh, the circumstances around me are out of control maybe people that i care about for some reason have turned away from me maybe even turned against or maybe got themselves involved in situations that we cannot do anything about, and they hurt, and all of that is real. But there is another reality that God is for us, in spite of everything. He watches over us. His hand is upon us. His love has been shown to us, firstly, especially through the death of Jesus Christ. And then even more than that, who can separate us from? Can we be separated from the love of Christ? Is there any circumstance in life which is strong enough, big enough to separate us from that love? Even those things within ourselves. That may be leaders on a false trail for a season, maybe even for the rest of our lives to some extent. Is there anything that can actually separate us from the love of Christ? Paul is persuaded about something. Now, I like that phrase because Paul was an intelligent, clever man. He was persuaded about something. Are you persuaded about something? Are you persuaded about the right thing? Are you persuaded about the truth that nothing can separate you from the love of Christ? There is nothing 
that can separate us. Not even death. Not life. The things that happen to us. The things that are outside of us in the spiritual realm. There is no power, however they are described. There is nothing that is beyond this world that we live in. There is nothing in the depths of this world. There is nothing that is created, which actually is everything apart from God. Nothing has the power. The triumph of Jesus on the cross is all powerful regarding this issue. The love of God is so strong that it's irresistible. And when things come along and they trouble us, when things come and they seek to push us off course, to deceive us, to take us down, there is nothing. Thank you for joining us. True Foundations is headed by David J. Jones, a preacher and teacher of the Word of God. His passion is to help individual Christians discover their true identity in Christ and to learn how grace operates in their lives. Currently residing in Canada, he is taught in both North America and the UK and has listeners all over the world. If you have questions about anything you've heard today, please email us at info at truefoundations.ca. Or for more information on True Foundations resources, please visit our website at truefoundations.ca.